Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to today's episode, and before we get to it, it is what everybody has been waiting for all week long. It is your final Phase 3, Team 2, U9, Concord and Canucks update. Well, folks, it came down to the final game of the season. We had no buzzers. We were making line changes, and let me tell you, our team played a perfect hockey game. We played a championship caliber hockey game. Everybody was blocking shots. Everybody was doing it for each other. Every guy on that team played a perfect hockey game. And let me tell you, we finally took down the Giants. We took down team three, that Frazier kid in net, big rig and well, guess what guys? We got him. Last game of the season, 10 to 7, was never in doubt because the boys all came together. And uh, you know what? I just want to thank every one of you little fellas. It was a great phase three. I think we had a lot of fun. I think you guys will probably remember me being your coach. Um, I, I doubt you guys will remember when we discussed Juice Boy after practice and um, what spray tan boy is in pro hockey. Um, I think we had a blast. I think your parents had fun. And I just want to thank every one of you guys for listening to me and uh, being great kids. And uh, Jackson, when we were leaving the rink and you said, are you going to do a podcast about today's game? You're absolutely right. I am Jackson. Cause you were an animal out there. You were, you were the just one of you were just like the rest of them, just great kid to teach and get to know over phase three. And Charlie Small, let me tell you, what a goal! Like it was a close game near the end, and you worked harder than anybody, and you buried that sucker to the back of the net, and uh, the roof pretty well came off the Davidson Center there, um, and. Uh, I just want to thank every last one of you on my phase three team two U nine Concord and Canucks. I think we had a great time and I can't wait to see you next season. And on a side note, Saturday night, heritage Heights, our new neighborhood. Well, not new. We've been here now seven years. We've had the house five years full time. And let me tell you, Saturday night was one of the first times we've all seen each other through COVID and, um, it's exactly why I love living here is everybody that was there Saturday night and uh, that we can have fun times like that in our neighborhood uh, makes me love living here. Um, and when it was around midnight there and about 20 adults were just 
feeling the funky groove and Kent Little, let me tell you, those hips don't lie. You were boot, scoot, and boogieing that night. And I think we all had a fantastic time. And thank you guys for welcoming us to the neighborhood. And I love living here. Um, and now, here is today's guest. And great job, Phase 3, Team 2, U9, Kincardine Canucks. It was a great season. Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today, I am so excited to have on a 30-year-old from Rotherham, England, another goalie, since this is goalie week. He's a two-time gold medalist, taking the Great Britain team from the third division to the top. He's got two league titles, two playoff titles, two challenge cups. He was an import in Austria as a British player this season. He is now currently a member of the Nottingham Panthers, which makes me want to puke. He owns his own clothing line. He's got a similar body type to me or he used to, and he has one of the greatest tattoos in professional sports. And he is the reason I'm releasing the YouTube channel so I can put subtitles on this so people can understand his English. Ben Bounds, how are you today? Not too bad. Thanks. Not too bad. That's that's a very introduction there, Wally. Jesus. Oh, it wasn't that. I, that's, that's one I've ever had. That's like my favorite part of the episode is when I can write all that <laughs> stuff down and I'm like, man, I can't wait to say this. <laughs> that is all downhill from there. <laughs> no, but seriously, I've released a YouTube channel because you may actually have to see his mouth move to try and figure out what Ben's going to say here because I'm pretty sure episode seven with Dominic Herr, Hammer from Germany uh, will be easier to understand than Mr. Bounds here today. I don't know what you're trying to say here, Wally. <laughs> I'll slow it down. I'll pretend I'm speaking to off. I'm just kidding. I think your English is, is okay. If <laughs> Proper English, that's what it is. Oh, is that what it is? Proper um, English. So I guess the start of this thing. So thank you very much for coming on. You, you, I saw your schedule you sent me for this whole come back to play thing. And it made me want to throw up just thinking about all that exercising. How, like, I totally forgot how much stuff we used to do with our bodies. Like, that was quite the schedule you got for the next month, big guy. Thanks for making the time for me. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit mental, but anything for you, Wally? Anything for you? Oh, thanks, buddy. I actually took a half day off work for the first time uh, this year, just because if I can get Ben Bounds on the podcast, I'm going to make that work. And I wanted to enjoy the full experience. So I've taken my first half day of the year. Oh, this is great. So now I get into how we know each other. And I got a, a few notes written down. We won the Challenge Cup together, which was your first trophy as a starting goalie and you won in your hometown correct yeah that's right and you last time we saw each other um <clears throat> would have been wally night um when i came back i guess it was five years later and you were still the starting goalie breaking all the records and um you had to sit through another one of my pregame speeches eh yeah i think my final memory of you walking uh naked past me on the physio bed into the shower trying to get that paint off you. <laughs> yeah, that paint didn't come off for days, man. <laughs> we had to get the paint thinner out in the hotel room to get it off. But uh, here is actually probably the highlight of how we know each other. And I think you'll have to tell the story because uh, I'm pretty sure I told your granny what was up one game. Did I not? 
do you I think you might have actually. You might have. I can vaguely remember saying something about it. I remember, uh, so I had just gotten injured and I was dealing with that and uh, there was enough negativity that I believe it was either your mom or your grandma. One of them was beside me and I didn't know who they were during the game and <clears throat> they didn't have a lot of positive things to say about my friends on the team. So <laughs> I let them know that I would like to hear more positive thoughts. And then you said something to be a practice on, <laughs> on like the Monday or Tuesday, like, Hey, I just wanted to apologize for my grandma. <laughs> it was my mom. It was definitely my mom. Oh yeah. She's got a reputation. I've told her to keep her mouth shut a few times. Ah, uh, well, you know what? She gets, maybe that's, she gets too stressed. Maybe it was my, maybe it was our back checking. I couldn't, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't imagine being the mum of the goalie because you know what? It, it does depend a lot on how the other guys play. So I get it. We're letting a lot of goals in, in that game as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We, well, I'm sorry. I said something I usually wouldn't. <laughs> I just was having a hard time that day watching the games because I just got hurt and I wasn't enjoying being there and watching everybody else play. And I'm still sorry about that one, but I don't think I was that rude. He did me a favor anyway. It means that I have to tell her again. <laughs> oh man. So next question is where are you now? Right now I'm in my parents' dining room. I was gonna go out in the summer house because I'm staying with them during this uh during this elite series. I'm only an hour away from Nottingham. So if I'd have been up in the hotel with some of the guys in that bubble, I would have been away from Jade and the dog for like 12, 11, 12 weeks because we'd have GB after straight after as well. So you're allowed to leave the bubble? Yeah, so it's kind of, it's, it's still strict. You're not really allowed out in the public, but uh, we have, I have to test every morning before I leave. Every morning they shove it up your nose? Yeah, well, I have to shove it when I was, I have to shove it in my mouth and get my tonsils and then shove it in my nose, do the, do the test. And uh, it's all like they have a, an app and everything like that you have to hook on to and report your test and report it to your uh, COVID officer, which is our physio in Nottingham. Holy moly. That sounds very different than when I was a hockey player and there was, <laughs> there had to have been a lot of viruses living in the BBT <laughs> that year. Eh? <laughs> well, you're just a season in, uh, in the BBT and you're immune to everything. I, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure we're immune because if you can get through that season, you ain't catching anything. <laughs> we made it through too. <laughs> Maybe that's why you're looking. Maybe you actually did catch something because you're looking a lot skinnier <laughs> now. Yeah, that's just so I can keep up these days. It's got a lot faster. I know. I, I, yeah, I couldn't imagine. I, yeah, I remember when you used to have a similar body type to me. That was one of the notes on here. Um, was that we like? I always battled with the goalies for uh, fitness <laughs> testing championships, and. Uh, yeah, you, you were no different back in the day, but it looks like yeah, you, you've turned over a new leaf, huh? Yeah, it's put some effort in, especially when this knee blew up. So what happened with the knee? With the knee, I just, uh, one of my players pushed, well, we're kind of backtracking on the PK. I think he got beat off the wall. Off the wall. And uh, as that guy cut to the net, he just hammered him. And the guy land, like hit me, landed on the knee. And to be fair, it was a heavy hit, but I absorbed it pretty well. I'm not exactly a small guy, so I could take it, but then the... Uh, it was sat on my knee while I was obviously bent backwards and I could feel the pressure building and then it just popped. So what so, popped? Yeah. Meniscus? So no, no, I uh, tore my MCL and MCL. partially ruptured my ACL. Okay. I was a PCL guy. I, I It's weird oh. when you're done hockey, how much 
you know about injuries and like you realistically could almost be a doctor with how much we <laughs> learn over his career, eh? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I'm rare though. Yes. Very rare. Um, you got to have a very special physique to hurt that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm glad to see you back playing, man. I know that's hard. I went through knee injuries and it, it sucks, man. Having to watch the games and then they probably brought in a new goalie and you're like, is he taller than me? Is he skinnier than me to like, do the guys like him more than me? And it's tough, man. Cause I remember when I hurt my knee, they brought in a five foot six right handed shot right winger and i was like come on man yeah no we brought in uh, a prospect from edmonton so uh, edmonton only this prospect called olivier rodrigue and it was just 21 year old like moves unbelievable like so technically good and you're just looking at it and you well first i wish i could move like that and secondly what's going to happen to me if he's still here when when i come back but then look, luckily for me um result well it wasn't luckily for me it was it was kind of bad for team bad for me but Results went pretty bad, and I was supposed to come back end of, what should it be, maybe end of January, and they asked me to come back three weeks earlier. Well, two weeks earlier, and then Edmonton also recalled him, which bumped it back another week, or forward another week. So I ended up coming back three weeks earlier. You came back three weeks earlier than you should have? Then what was expected? I was cleared to go, but I hadn't done a full contact practice properly. Well, I just want to tell you my story since I'm done now. And um, I still regret this was when I was back and when I first hurt my knee, I only partially tore my PCL and I went to three different doctors and sure enough, the team and myself decided to go with the least amount, which was four to six weeks instead of like six months surgery or year. We obviously go to with four to six weeks and then we're like, well, let's go with four weeks, right? As soon as it's four weeks, I'm sure we're fine. I never even went back for a second opinion after the four weeks and I lasted four games and it completely tore and then I missed an entire year. So um, I know it's stressful when you're hurt in Europe because there's only so many jobs and now that would have been your first year as an import, right? So that yeah, no, you would have felt the pressure, right? Yeah, two, two games in one period. Well, it was... 11 minutes into the first period, I think, in the third oh. game when it happened. Oh, so then did you end so, up, you ended up coming back though? Yeah, yeah, I were out for 15 weeks. So they originally, like, they, they stretched me off and everything. I, I stood up and just, it, you could feel it. You can feel it, can't you? There's just no stability there. So I stood up and went, no, can't really move much. Put me on a stretch wheel, me the doctor tested uh, the MCL, the ACL, and said, oh, they're both gone. You're going to need surgery. It's going to be eight to 10 months. So I'm thinking like, shit. Like, are we allowed to swear on this one? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're, PG. Yeah. PG-13. Um, yeah. No, there's some oh, F-bombs. Yeah. It's really whatever you want, bud. Uh, sorry. Yeah. So you, you're thinking like, shit. Like, that's it. I'm done. Like, my first chance. I'm, I'm done. Going to be back home next year. Going to be back home in a few weeks. Not going to keep me around. And then uh, on when we went for the MRI, it weren't quite as bad because the ACL was just a, it was just a partial rupture, which is still bad enough. Um, so they got me some uh, plasma injections, you know, where they take like red, they take blood from you and put it in some like ridiculous machine that spins in, it separates the white blood cells from the red, and then they inject the white blood cells back into the injury, like into the worst affected area. Um, and it's supposed to speed up healing. So I had that done. Uh, the MRI showed, like, showed that it wasn't as bad. So they said, providing that the injections work, I had to have two of them. And I kept everything strong. I might get away with surgery, but I had to wait until the MCL fully healed after eight weeks for them to be able to test it. So it was like a long, long eight weeks. 
So the MCL is the one that like hurts going back and sideways, right? Yeah. So obviously I need that as a goalie because yeah, every time I, I drop, I'm using it. Well, I can't imagine being a goalie and hurting your knee because like me as a, like a forward that was just working the half while dusting it off. Like um, I couldn't imagine having to do the stuff you guys do. Like some of my, the highlights I've seen of you over the years, now that I'm back in Canada, I'm like, how does he still move like that? Like I get hurt <laughs> watching you. Uh, that's, that's why I had to lose weight. Oh, that, well, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I tried no, you know, to. A, you're um, like, your, your hips definitely feel as you get older. And then you realize that yeah, maybe I should shed a few pounds. Make well, it a bit easier on the body. You're only 30. You're not that old. So, okay. <laughs> we, I guess uh, I don't even know where we're at in this show and my like schedule. Cause I think we've just been talking, but um, so you played in Gratz for the 99ers this season. So you got hurt. You came back overall positive experience or no. And you don't have a contract with them for the next season. Are they done or what happened? Yeah, they told me at uh, in the exit meeting with the GM that they, they were going to go a different direction in the goal department next year. But I think it were life experience for sure. Definitely a life experience. Um, you le- Like I said, with those injuries, you learn a lot about yourself and your body. And obviously, uh, Jade did a lot to get me back on it. So you learn a lot about her and, and our relationship as well. Uh, so we can still come through that and still cheer up each other. So that's good. But um, no, it was positive. Um, overall, it's, it's made me want to play in Europe again. I said, I really enjoyed the hockey. The standard hockey was great. Uh, it's obviously a shame about everything else that happened. But, I mean, personally as well, it's I, I went in the, the two games I played before I got injured. I was, I was playing really well. And I came back and uh, out of the – well, including those games at, right at the start. I think I, I made that, had something like 13 starts. And we had one game where we got absolutely shellacked by Dornburn 7-1. And that was just one of those games where you're not even playing bad. It's just there were two goals that hit people and hit me. One of them hit me right in the face and went in while I'm like diving, coming across for a rebound and just nothing went your way. So, yeah, you had that one game and you take that one. I know you can't erase stats from your performances or from your statistics and stuff or games from it. But you take that out of the equation, that one anomaly. And um, I actually had like a top four percentage, save percentage. And I think it was something like second best goals against ever. So when you look at it that way rather than... Um, overall and not being back it, it kind of puts you puts your mind at ease a little bit like yeah I'm performing as good as what I thought I was at the time yeah and when you're going through an injury too like it's completely different than when you start a season you go through training camp you're feeling good and you go for a few months and you're just in the groove and you're into the season where you're taking a break for that long and trying to come back it's it's not easy. And I, yeah, I get it. But I, when you talked about your relationship with Jade and going through the knee injury, <clears throat> I know exactly what you're talking about. Cause we had just gotten married when I had my uh, knee surgery and there was a time where uh, my feet were ticklish and I had to wear this boot that I couldn't shower with for like three months. And Lisa was cleaning mold off of my toes, but <laughs> I wouldn't let her because I was too ticklish and it became a real battle and I had mold growing on my toes. So I get oh, the geez. knee injury stuff. Yeah. Yeah. She, well, she obviously with her background in uh, sports rehab, she came in real handy because um, this, the medical staff out there, just one guy who was like a physio and SNC coach. And well, it, it, it was, I think he was studied in sports massage or something like that. And then he did like personal training. So he had two jobs to do and he couldn't really, 
he didn't really have the time to work on you and things like that. So I'd go home and uh, Jade would work on me on the physio bed that she had over there. So without Larry, I probably still wouldn't be playing. Well, I think it's awesome. So you avoided surgery and you're back, baby. So you were the, so this is not skipping ahead because it's what's happening right now. And I guess that's where we are. It's where are you now? So we went through Gratz. I think we covered that other than Deese, but um, I, realistically, not many times in a hockey player's career, did they get drafted first overall in any league and you were just the first overall pick for the Nottingham Panthers puke. Um, Cause there's no Cardiff devils, but that's fine. Um, I, I believe I'm a Manchester storm fan this time, but you might be able to convince me otherwise. Go ahead. Oh, we have the same colors. You logo. So it matches your jersey is pretty nice. As your, uh, two, I, as your two ales logo. Yeah, no, it's, it's I don't know. I like, I like the storms <laughs> arena more. I feel the Nottingham <laughs> arena doesn't have that much personality, but this, this storm's like a ripoff big blue tent. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I like but, that. Uh, but no, I mean, I've been in constant talks with, um, with Sheffield and Nottingham actually. And, uh, I know Finner talked to, to these a few times and uh, yeah, it was kind of funny. It were, it were, it were really strange. Obviously like they're talking you and you know, like I know I've got no control over where I go. I, I go wherever I get drafted. So that was kind of strange, not having any control of where you're going. Um, and then when Do said that he'd put a trade now, like, oh, this, this could be interesting. So it, it, were, it were a funny week. You go from being told you're not back at a club and being down and then you're, you're eating your meal. We had like the little draft up while we were eating up. We had some pie, actually. So we were eating some pie and uh, Todd comes up on the screen doing it all and it comes first overall. Like, oh, there's been a trade. So <laughs> it went from being uh, pretty down to being up in air again it was, it was nice to have that feeling back yeah you get your swagger back when you get drafted first overall eh? yeah yeah definitely try so I, you're you're looking forward then so that's getting started now i saw your schedule and i'm still sick to my stomach looking at how much you guys have to work out who is your coach there and uh how's all that been going oh we got tim wallace as a coach but uh deuce is a is a hockey head of hockey operations i don't know what his exact title is but He's got one of those fancy ones. So, uh, yeah, Deuce and, and Wally run it. Uh, and then they have a, an SNC coach and a physio, and the SNC guys doing all the workouts. So, um, yeah, that, that schedule will come through and Deuce put on there. Basically, if it looks like a, hockey, a lot of hockey, it's, it's kind of because it is. And then I opened it and I was like, I think that's more than a lot of hockey. <laughs> you know. That is crazy. <laughs> um yeah yeah I, I i'm not sure if i would have been participating in the bubble when i saw that schedule <laughs> at least it gets ready for the wills hey. and tune for uh, ready to take on the big red machine in our first game hey at least you still made time for the pod even though like in a few days you probably won't be able to walk or anything. <laughs> uh, okay um uh, i guess uh the only other thing we have to cover and i, I you know what you're probably expecting this question. Uh, this is before we get into your childhood. When I met you and you had the similar body type to me, you also would get up on that massage table and show us your low back tattoo. <laughs> so what is the tattoo of? And tell me the story, the age, and what was going through your effing mind that day. <laughs> well, I always wanted a tattoo. And then, but I wanted, I wanted it to mean something like everyone does, but at the same time, my grandma hated them. So I like, I needed somewhere that you can't see. I had no idea like what the hell a tramp stamp were or anything like that. 
<laughs> no idea about tattoos. And it was actually a friend who did it at the time. So you'd have thought he said, don't have it there, like have it on the back of your shoulder or something. And you should have seen the size when he first drew it. He's like, we're thinking this big. And I'm like, Jesus, that's like almost a half a back. So I'm like, no, I need it smaller. Um, yeah, it, it ended up being uh, a pair of pads, like a retro set of goalie pads. And I ran with the Olympic torch when that was in London. So I've got a torch on the back to, to uh, symbolize that. And then it was going to be a white rose for Yorkshire, but he said white won't stand out on your skin. So because Sheffield junior system played in blue, he did a, a blue rose. And then I'd played in number 21 all my life. So uh, we had number 21 on there. And literally the, that year I had it. And then we, camp started maybe, I don't know, a week later in Hull. And I was number 33, so I wasn't number 21 anymore. <laughs> right when you got a brand new trap Right when I got it, yeah. <laughs> brand new tramp sank, all, all shiny. Uh, so that meant a lot more than I realized. I actually, I was, I, I couldn't remember exactly what it was. I thought it was a butterfly, but, oh, <laughs> uh, um, well, it sounds like it makes more sense. It's just, you know, the placement of the low back, at least now we've heard the story and we can all move on, <laughs> but folks, if you've ever played with Ben bounce, you'll never forget that tattoo. Uh, I used to love showering with it. <laughs> used to, used to polish it for me in the shower. <laughs> and then when Murds came over, he, he kept jealous, so I had to let Murds do it instead of Martin. Uh, well, I, I, you know what? It's it's good you can even have one there uh, now with all the <laughs> hair growth at this age. I'm not even sure uh, you'd see one on my low back. Um, okay, where are we here? That that just made my made my day that we finally got. We can air that out there live here on Two Ales and Hockey Tales. So. The tattoo story is over. We know what, we know why, and we know where. (laughs) So fans, fans in the UK that are just going crazy that the Patrick Waugh of the UK is on my podcast. Guess what? Now you can always envision where his tattoos are too. Okay. You always under the sweats. (laughs) Every time I'm pulling my shorts up when they fall down, you know what's, what's behind it. Um, so what was minor hockey like in the UK? And I checked out elite prospects and I kept calling your team, the Midlands. What does that mean? Oh, so the Midlands were, um, that's a conference team. So basically, uh, we, there's a conference tournament at the end of the year where all the best players from each area kind of play. So my, my junior career was in the, was in Sheffield, like from six to 21. But um, from 7 to 17, I played in this conference tournament every year at the end. And my region was the Midlands. So we'd have like Northern, Midlands, Southeast, Southwest, and then Scotland. So that's a pretty big area of England is the Midlands is what you're saying? Uh, it's, it's like Sheffield, Nottingham, Birmingham. Uh, I'm trying to think of the other teams that were in it. Telford. And you all make one uh, team and then go play one team. Yeah. So it's like the best, the best plays in that, in that region, in that area. Okay. Yeah. So and then you play against the best plays in the North, the best plays in the Southwest, which is Cardiff's area and the best plays in the Southeast in Scotland. So here's a question for you. Cause I actually find it interesting. Cause I used to always think um, that the weirder, the goalie was almost the more success he would have. And to me, I don't find you very weird at all. And that's what really throws me off kilter that uh, you, your career has gone the way it has. And now you're going to be the, uh, 
I don't want to pump your tires too much because you're just getting your swagger back. I don't want I don't want your tires to pop here. But um, like you will be remembered as the greatest goaltender ever. <laughs> Is that not weird to hear? Yeah, I think I think Patrick Wall might have something to say about that. I mean, in your, in your, from where you're from, like, yeah, can, can he, Canada, we're not sure who the best is ever. There's no doubt in the UK. Like, it's not even up for debate. Uh, if Gary Price gets a chance, I'd be a bit best. <laughs> Perhaps he already has one and we just have never talked about. Maybe, maybe he's never gone on a podcast so nobody knows he has a tramp stamp. But no, it is pretty cool. It's, it, I've, I've, Without trying to sound beginning, like you, you do kind of hope that you that you are remembered as that. But I, I definitely think that I should be in that conversation at least. You know, there's still been some some British goalies like Stephen Murphy, Stevie Lyle, uh, that more my era, um, that have done that have done a lot as well. But I think uh, yeah, what we've achieved has been pretty cool so far, and hopefully I've got another what five eight years left. Maybe even 10 if I lose a bit more weight. Yeah, if you keep getting skinnier, there might be a lot more neck to shoot at. I don't know. <laughs> I remember when you had the big old uh, pear bottom and it was a little tough to get it into the corners <laughs> there. <laughs> um, I guess we're jumping ahead because we were talking about minor hockey, but I kind of want to bring it up now just because it is the coolest thing I've watched you do in your career. And that's why we're even discussing like that your minor hockey. I think people will appreciate what it was like when they actually hear your background, because people in Canada that listen to this may not know everything you've done. I played with you in Cardiff. I then come back to the real world and I'm grinding it out. Um, except for today. Cause I got a half day. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> um, but I see. So I watched you guys play for GB when I was over there, still in my school. And I believe you guys lost in like the final game, right? Yeah, we did it twice in a row. We got, so my, what would it be, my first year, I, I had two years where I was like the emergency goalie, um, where it's like you take three and you just sat on the side. That was in 2021. And then 22, I backed up and we got relegated from, from that division. Um, and then the year after I took over the starting role because Murph was ill. And what age, um, what, what year is this? So this would have been... When we're in Cardiff, right? Two, yeah, so, then, so this is just before Cardiff. This is my second year in Hull. Okay. That I took over the starting job. Uh, Murph was ill, so I took over, but we'd already we'd lost the game. We were kind of out the running. We ended up coming fourth that tournament, I think. And then the year, so your first year in, in Cardiff, we actually went to Eindhoven, just trying to rebuild. And we beat Korea, who was supposed to go, they were supposed to go up. So we beat them, we're in the driver's seat, and we played Lithuania of all teams. And we lose that final day. And then the year after again, we did the exact same thing. We had to draw or win, draw or better, basically. Um, against Ukraine into grip, and they scored, I think, with two minutes left to put them up 2 1. The two years in a row. I remember watching it because those were the two years I was in Cardiff. Um, yeah. 100% that was when it was. I was watching and I was cheering so hard for you guys because for me, I never even sniffed playing for Team Canada. Like, not even for any type of, I played roller hockey for them, but like, what does that mean? Um, like in real hockey, like not even close to anything like that, but to see you guys get to do that for your country and then you guys actually win and you're the starting goalie. You know, we absolutely dominated that year in Belfast as well. We didn't just win. We, we absolutely dominated. 
Is it Belfast? So that's when I'm back in the world. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a year after you left. And uh, I think we beat a few teams in double figures. It just dominated. And then uh, even, was it even, who did we play? Japan. The last game, we beat them 4 0 to go through. And everyone thought that the beaters just, just killed them. And that's, uh, I remember when it happened for you guys. And I thought, wow, that is so cool that they have that memory. Because winning, whether it's the third league, the second league, like at winning anything, it's like when people talk about, well, there's only the Stanley cup. Well, every year in the UK, we're playing for our Stanley cup. And when you guys win that to go up to the second division, I just thought, wow, that's really cool. They'll get to play against that next group of teams, but then you guys won again. (laughs) Oh, the way that we did that was ridiculous as well. I think 15.8 seconds, the farms equalized something like that and yeah that that one knows that that atmosphere in hungary is still the best best atmosphere i've ever played in absolutely that, amazing that was in hungary that you guys in went hungary, yeah we were we were in budapest and we played hungary if they won uh in regulation they went up it was a really strange tournament the two bottom teams could both get promotion on the last day i think it was four out of the six no five five out how many is how many teams is there which, yeah, there was there was only one team that couldn't get promotion on the last day, and even, and even the game before is it was Italy against uh, Jesus who were they against Italy against I can't even remember who Italy were playing but basically for Italy to have a chance of going up they had to either either one of those teams to have a chance going up had to win in regulation, and with two minutes left it was still two two, so they pulled the goalie and it almost ended up as a six on six. And Italy scored with two seconds left into an empty net. And then we, we go and end up playing against uh, Hungary and the 2 0 down and then pull it back and farm scores with 15.8 seconds to put us in Italy through. Uh, I remember seeing the highlight of that goal and it just looked like absolute chaos. I didn't realize the other story about the other two teams pulling their goalie. You know, yeah. what? I think what I would do is wait for the other team to pull their goalie and try and get one on the empty net. But that's, that's just- basically what they did. I think it's Slovenia. That was the teams. It's Slovenia. Slovenia. Yeah. They had the yeah. guys that used to play in Beatingheim. That's what's weird yeah. for me is seeing those world championships to me was more interesting than even sometimes watching the top plate because I knew all the players that I like, I got to compete against them. So I kind of knew where I would stack up with everybody, which was cool to me. No, it's different. It's like in playing in Europe now, like this year in Graz, I'll, if we get knocked down, we'll, we'll see all those guys I've played before you. And you know, you'll play against guys that you've played against during the season, whereas right now we, we're not doing that. Well, and that's what I want to talk about. We'll get into the your career here, but this world championship thing, I think is, is, well, the league titles or something, but so you now win the second by farmer scoring the goal at the end, right? With. Yeah. We, we had to, we had to be tied. So we just basically had to take it to OT and we were through. And he scores so, like 10 seconds left to get it yeah, tied. 15, so then you guys go seconds, crazy, yeah. right? After yeah. a tie game. And then you're moving on. And then the next year, you get to play, and I wa- I remember it because I was watching Big Ben Bounce, um, stopping Patrick Kane on TSN. <laughs> that was actually a real surreal game because we played, we, we we almost beat USA. Like we, if we'd have had a bit more like umph about us, we could have really pushed them. I think it finished five three or something like that, and we were we caused them some problems. Same with Germany as well. We just didn't think that we'd 
I think we kind of had it in our heads that we'd just get hammered every game. And uh, yeah, that, that Germany game, I think we lost 2-1 or 3-1. But we're right, and it was 1-1 with about 11 minutes left. And if we'd have just had that little bit more, we would have won. So and that's then, like, uh, yeah. you're playing like Leon Dreisaitl's on Germany? Or? Yeah, Dreisaitl scored past me. Well, no, yeah. yeah he's, I think he's got either the game winner or the third goal. Well, I th- I thought it was so cool to see you play against those guys, man. It was cool. Well, I've got a picture. I think it was um, Dean and Sheffield. I think it's the Sheffield photographer. He, he comes with GB all the time. And I'm sure it's him. He's got a shot of me on the on the PK, as, as we were, because we never stopped PKing because we couldn't keep up with anyone. Um, <laughs> and it's it's Patrick Kane watching his pass across and Jack Eichel's on one knee. Uh, firing a one-timer and the puck's like coming out my chest as I'm sliding across. And then Richie's trying to block it as usual. Well, that's like, oh, that's why I take a half day off of work just to do this (laughs) podcast for free. Because, man, when I've seen your career and where it's gone since our time when we first showed up to the Big Blue Tent and you were, honestly, you were the goalie that they were like, well, can't win with a, a, a great Britain goalie. You can't win with, without an import goalie. And you were the only one in the league. And I remember you not even being sure what was going to happen with your contract when uh, the new ownership took over and yeah. to see it all play out since bad has been absolutely just, it fills my heart with pride. <laughs> it's definitely been a ride. <laughs> um, okay. So what was the big goal then that Ben Davies scored? If we're still covering the world championships, Ben Davies scored some big goal to do something as well. Did he not? Yeah. He's got a little, uh, a little goal to beat <laughs> but, France and keep us up. <laughs> that's what it was. So that's when we're in the first league. No, sorry. I'm not saying we that's like, it, I'm part of the team a, here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's cool. Hey, yeah. And again, we were down three nil. And you guys came back and won in overtime. I remember watching yeah. the goal and I was like, no shit. They're staying up. Like you guys didn't even get relegated. Well, they had, they had a chance um, just before that. They have a chance where the guy kind of wheels around the zone, cuts in and my defenseman gets hit on top of me and it rips my pad completely off my leg. And the puck bounces to the opposite side. So I can't move. And uh, the guy like shovels and I just get my glove in it. And then they're just shoveling it into my armpit. I'm just thinking, like, just blow it, just blow it. And he blows it down. You know what it's like, you know, a T, like you have one chance and then the other team goes down and gets another chance usually. Uh, so I'm thinking, all right, that's their chance. And then right off the face off, they, they push the puck forward and it bounces over Ben O'Connor's stick. And they get another chance with a massive scramble in front. I end up like stacking my pads and just jamming it and then freezing it. And then we get the, the face off again. I'm thinking, surely that's it this time. And yeah, Ben wins it forward. Jono goes chasing it. It's a weird, it's a weird play as well. Like, I don't think I'll ever see that again in my life. Clean his face off whenever forward. Jono gets it, passes it to Ben, and then it's, that's it. Just celebrate like no, like crazy. Oh, I remember watching it, and I was so proud of you guys just because I, I would play against all you guys, and I knew who all you were. I thought it was it, – it's – I don't know. Like, they have the movie Miracle, right, for, uh, oh, for USA. the USA, where that's them doing that, but – for your guys story for three years there, where you win gold, you win gold, and then you don't get relegated based off yeah. of coming back down by three to oh. score an overtime goal. Like that might be more impressive than the miracle on ice. And people well, don't uh, know the story. Apparently as well. I, I don't know how true it is, but apparently we're the only team in history to go division one B gold medal, division one, a gold medal. 
And then we were the first GB team in 25 years to just make it to Pool A. And then the first GB team from 51 years to stay in Pool A. But even back then, it was just full of Canadian imports. So really, it's like the first British, like proper British team to do it. So did they change the rules or something that like, because you were all British players, basically, right? There might have been the odd one when I first was over there. We, uh, this, this last one, I think we were maybe four dual nets. So yeah, you have to have British heritage at some point, or you have to have you have to have heritage and been in the country for so long, as far as I believe. That's as far as I know, anyway. Well, I think it's cool when most of the guys have actually played minor hockey over there, yeah. and um, that you guys have done all that. And like, realistically, yeah, for ho- my hockey in the UK has the craziest fan bases, the most passionate fan bases, and it, it is wild to think that there aren't more parents trying to get their kids into hockey when they're all so passionate about coming to the games. Right. Yeah. I think the price probably scares them off. Well, <laughs> and the <laughs> now that I'm getting the, the, the pound signs of football, you just but, need a pair of boots and shin pads for football. Well, and the other thing I've thought of too, is uh, now that I'm getting older and I'm into a bit of real estate is like the price of real estate in the UK doesn't make sense to have hockey rinks. And, um, to have that big of an area to put in a, an arena, like just to play minor hockey, there's no grassroots arenas because no. real estate on that Island just is too much to have rinks. Yeah. So no, it'd be nice to see a few more pop up, but I'm not very, not exactly convinced that that'll happen. So it's uh, there's certain areas where there'll be a lot of rinks and then there's other areas where there's just nothing. I think Wales, I know we have Cardiff and then in the North, they have I think D, D side or Flintshire, which is, like on the border with Liverpool or Manchester or something like that. Like, yeah, Liverpool, I think it is. It's on the border with, I'm not sure. Um, I don't know why I just thought of this, but um, I, I don't want to start rumors on here, but um, your wife on Instagram, Ben, she said, she wrote, because I was very upset when I saw this. <laughs> she wrote, it, 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 we realized he doesn't look that bad in orange. And I read that and I thought, what is she writing? You're not going home. Your home is Cardiff now, Ben. Ben, your home is Cardiff now. If you think you're playing in orange, it ain't in the UK. You got that, bucko? That's the word with Jade. She's a boss now. Wherever she says, I have to go. Well, if you're going there, I'm not your fan anymore. I'll let her know. You have to send her a message and say, what the hell is going on, Jade? She wrote that on Instagram. She'll, she'll just she'll just be pumped that she's being mentioned. Well, and then it's being uh, noticed. I I I read it and I almost threw up in my mouth a little <laughs> bit. Hey, David Sims, because I asked Pigs what to talk about on this podcast, and Pigs wrote, "Why don't you ask him how David Sims said you could never win the league with a British goaltender?" So why don't we ask that now while we're talking about this Orange team because they're a bunch of punks. <laughs> No, I think he wrote an article once uh, about how you can't really win with a British goalie. But to be fair, after that, I think Murph won it with Belfast. Or Murph, maybe, I can't remember when. I think it was just before Murph won it with Belfast. Is that guy still playing? Murph is just, uh, it was in Belfast, yeah. And he's in Manchester for this series. Okay. Is that why they traded away uh, the first pick? They didn't need you? uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They They wanted the experience over me. (laughs) 
Well, they haven't seen your new body type. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> um, we're, we're, I don't even know what we were talking about anymore, but that was fun. Um, well, David, I hope I never see him wear orange for you ever. Um, you're a Cardiff devil through and through. And uh, I know it, you, so I guess one of the questions is, is we're all over the map right now. Um, but uh, I wanted to talk since we didn't, we've done the world championship thing. Is there anything else you'd like to say about the world championships? And you obviously got to be excited for next year when this COVID, whenever this thing happens, oh, is it soon? Yeah, we're going, we got this elite series for like five weeks and we have two days off and then GB starts for about six, five or six weeks. And where do you go? Riga, Riga in Latvia. I heard that's an okay town. Yeah. So you're, you're getting some pretty, shabby. you're getting some pretty cool experiences by being yeah. part of this team, eh? Yeah, I was just good that we, uh, we didn't get to go to Switzerland. We've been in the CHL to like Bern and um, what do you go the first year, Davos? But you don't get to look anyway because you don't have time. So it would have been nice to have like 10, 12 days in, in Switzerland. Would have probably broke me without expense fees, but it would have oh, been cool. Switzerland, I, yeah, we went through there a couple of times, but yeah, you can't really stop to have lunch because it's too expensive, <laughs> but it's a nice drive through. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, well, then the next story I got here then is you grew up playing for the Midlands, which we discussed. And then we got really sidetracked with world championships, but I think it is still so cool. And I can't wait to see you back on TSN when the world championships start all. I am the UK's number one fan and all you Canadians out there that are upset with me about that. Guess what? I actually know all these guys and they don't say no to their country, like the Canadian guys. So smell that (laughs) right, Ben. That's exactly right. I'm cheering for the UK and that's that. Um, so how did you get from the Midlands to uh, breaking in with the whole stingrays? Because to have a starting goalie that's British in that league, it's it's got to be a bit of a jump for the GM to do that for you, right? Yeah, it would. Like I said, I played at uh, Sheffield from 6 to 21. It was the last... So when it went into the EPL, which back then was a second, uh, that's what they used to call the second tier in Britain. They were full of a lot of prospects. There were loads of prospects there, like Lacko in Nottingham, Robert Farmer, people like that playing at Matt Haywood, who's in Glasgow. Um, and it was halfway through the first year with the Simitas. We actually played the, I was playing for the GB20s, but against the Simitas, and we Hull was struggling for a goalie. And the coach came down, we had a couple of the GB guys playing for Hull at that time, and I think that they spoke to him about me. So the coach, which is Sylvain Cloutier, is called. Oh, it was called. Goalie, no? Called. It's still, it's, no, his brother's Dan Cloutier. That's the goalie. Okay. Yeah, Sylvain, Sylvain's his brother, the player. Um, yeah, and he came to watch that. And after that, he, he asked me to train. Play, trained for like two and a half years while playing with the Steel Dogs uh, back in Sheffield. And then eventually made the move to, to Hull. So then you, there's no import. Like you, so but you're in on... That's the elite league, no? Yeah, that's the elite league, yeah. And they didn't bro- they don't bring in an import goalie. It's your net when you get there. No, my net, yeah. So I went in there at 21, I think it was. Wow, that's uh that's big for them to give you that spot. So Sylvain Cloutier is a big guy probably in your career, eh? Yeah, massive. Just giving me that chance. And I mean, even after the first year were the first year, a massive learning curve, and then you know what you like. You're a long, young goalie. You you finish off pretty strong. You're thinking like, yeah, I can, 
I've got this now. This is easy. Got a little bit lazy. Got maybe a little bit bigger as well during the off season. Went back and then struggled the year after. And he, to be fair, he could have been like, right, you're done. You're not performing. But instead, he's like, get your act together. Uh, we don't want to. We don't want to lose you. Basically, we don't want to get rid of you. You're too good uh, to just throw it away. So get your head out of your ass, basically, and work hard and lose a bit of weight and get back in it. And from that point on, we touch wood. Not really look back. We we made it into the playoffs. We beat Sheffield on the last day, so your favourite team <laughs> to make it in, but we're not Cardiff out. That was the year before we went. So uh, so yeah, that's how it all started. Well, I guess the only reason I say Sheffield's not my favourite team is because <laughs> my two seasons in the Elite League, one as an actual player, one as a pregame speaker. Um, both years we lost by two points to them uh, for the league title. And they also fire a lot of players as soon as they lose a couple games. And uh, you guys can try and dodge that, but that's real life, folks. They have sent more guys a packing than any other team in that league. And when they're your friends, when they're your buddies, and they have wives and they have children, and you just have a couple bad games, so you kick the garbage can and get upset and fire people, go fly a kite. That's my opinion. <laughs> You better not wear orange or I will come <laughs> over there and I tell you, I will give Cardiff the best pregame speech and I'll slash your tires, Ben. What happens if Joey goes as well? The goat? Yeah. You stop it. <laughs> <laughs> You're a Nottingham Panther right now. You're going to, we're going to get this. Twitter's going to go nuts after this. Eh? Nottingham, Sheffield, Cardiff, they're all going to be fighting over your tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> okay where are we <laughs> okay i heard so, the champs have a big reason why they traded as well dudes wanted it in that dressing room um i actually heard that's why every team wants you right now um, <laughs> um that uh now that you've lost some weight everybody can figure out what the tattoo actually is <laughs> okay so then how do you get from the hall stingrays to the cardiff devils where we meet uh, well, after my first year, when I said that we'd had the, my first year backing up GB, we'd, we'd actually knocked Cardiff out of the Challenge Cup in the group stage. It was the first time Hull had made it through uh, from, from the group stage to the quarterfinals. So I can remember at the time, Brent Pope, who used to be a part owner, I believe, in Devils, he came away with GB and I sent him a message saying, well, when my contract's up, would you be interested, blah, 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 and kind of, kind of reached out first. Um, yeah, and then the, the second year, after after my second year in Hull, there was uh, both Cardiff and Brayhead that were that were wanting me. So and Hull offered me something, but I, I decided I wanted a change really. So uh, with Cardiff being in that top division uh, in the Gardner Conference rather than the uh, the other one, I can't even remember what the one used to be called now. It's a scrapped them. Um, I think Gardner. Well, what were we called? I can't remember what the divisions were even called back then. The conferences. Anyway, with, with Cardiff being in that and playing the, the big teams more often, I wanted to go there. So, yeah, that's that's kind of all it started. I, I kind of touched base with them. And then uh, the second year, they, they reached out to me. Um, now that you say that and you reached out to them and you took the initiative, uh, that reminds me of when I got to Cardiff was – my agent wasn't doing anything. Nothing was happening. And he kept saying like, wait, there might be, there might be, there might be. And I just sent out a message to the elite league in the UK. And then I knew what their budgets were, how much they could pay me. 
if they were interested, if they weren't interested, I didn't wait for somebody else to do it for me. I sent them the message. I bought this house that I'm in right now, the day I signed for the Cardiff Devils to do my MBA. And I had my plan in motion of getting out of the game, but it was because, um, like I took the initiative and I said, well, I'm not waiting for my agent. Like I just sent a message and then you find out if they actually want you or not. Like you don't have to hear it through telephone. Yeah, exactly. That's how it starts though. Sometimes like you just gotta, you gotta be proactive, aren't you? That's the thing. And you got to know what you want. And like, I had, I knew I wanted, I guess, school and I had kids and I needed to know the game, but yeah, the, the day I signed in Cardiff was the day we bought this house. And, uh, yeah, that was, a, that really changed things in my life. But, uh, so you would have had similar things. You're from Sheffield. You then moved to Hull for two years. Now you're going to Cardiff and you're playing in the big blue tent with me. And then, um, that's when you start to realize maybe your potential and Andrew Lord probably helps you a bit. Eh? I know he was making you read books and shit, right? Yeah. Right. Let's go. I think uh, I can remember after the first year, we, we actually got a cheap holiday to Mexico after that world championships in the Netherlands. So we took that from someone whose wife had lost her passport. So we, we got this holiday, we went there, but we'd already booked um, a lodge for like, uh, we'd been together for so many years, me and Jade. So we'd, I don't like calling it anniversary because you're, you're not married. So. But anyway, you've, you've been together a few years. We'd already booked this, this lodge uh, somewhere in the countryside. And I can remember Lodo sent me an email and I told him what I was doing. He's like, I don't think you take this serious. Like, you don't know what it takes. And I'm like, hang on a minute. I'm just trying to enjoy my life here, Lodo. <laughs> I've played hockey for like 10 months. It's not a couple of weeks off. But yeah, Lodo definitely uh, in you had to push my buttons now to just had to push me on ice, really, and off ice. So yeah, that were, uh, he instills a lot of things in his players that helps you go a long way. Yeah, he does know what bush buttons to press. I always told them that I felt like I had two wives in Cardiff. I had, <laughs> I had Lisa and I had Lordo and he was exhausting. Oh my God. I like to think that by the end of it, I knew I had to push his buttons back though. Oh man. That's probably why he got sick of me. Oh, me not warming up and cooling down. <laughs> <laughs> that would get his juices flowing. <laughs> I usually just let one rip out the back of the bus as he pulled his food out of the microwave. <laughs> and you see his face like, oh, oh. He really did like farts, did he? He had a real issue. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that year though, I guess, I know you've won a lot of stuff and your episode can't be five hours long, but your first year as the starter in Cardiff, um, you've been with Hull. Now you're in the, you could say, better conference with Nottingham, Sheffield, um, who have Coventry. Belfast, Coventry, yeah. Belfast, yeah. Like, those are the big dogs. And we kept up with all of them, and we were a bunch of just dandies on that team. And uh, what are your thoughts on that season? And I, I know – how much it meant to you to be a starter and win in Sheffield, the challenge cup, because you are a local boy that then goes there as a starter for Cardiff and shoves it right up there. Right. Yeah. No, you know, it, it made it nice as well, just because of, uh, it had all the family there watching as well. So they'd been through it with me. And it weren't just like my, my mom, dad and, and Jade and her family, but my cousins were there. My aunts were there. So it was pretty cool. It was really cool. Winning it there. I think the, the turning point for me, though, it'll get, it'll get, it'll get annoyed with me if I don't mention him. But 
Can you remember, uh, we, we were down in like eight at one point and Lordo kind of lost his mind on the ice. And I can also remember, I think we flew, we played, we played in five maybe, and then we flew back the next night and we played Coventry. And I got pulled after two goals in the first period. And Todd just laid into me about letting soft goals and if I needed a psychiatrist. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, like where did that come from? Um, yeah, and Todd did that. And after that, I reached out to Dan Brabant. Uh, you'll be able to remember him from like sort of coming on with us in the second year. And I said that after that moment, like when, when Todd kind of woke me up a little bit and, and Brabs came on board and started helping me a bit more, that's when it really started turning around. And we went on a tear as well. We just we just went on a tear for the last half of the season. Well, I, man, we didn't lose Gabe for a long time. And yeah. I, I remember Lordo losing his mind that one practice. And he was like, does this look like an eighth place hockey team to you? Does like, do you guys look like an eighth place hockey team? Look around at what we got here. And then... Uh, he really did change things that day. I remember that day too. Yeah, well, I mean, when we first come in, they just briefed us with, right, we need to get the fun back. The, the club's been struggling. They missed out on the players for the first time ever the year before. Like, we just need just need to put on a show, like, work hard. And then, all, like, we did that, realized that we actually had some potential. And then Lord was like, right, I'm changing goalposts now. We're yeah. not an eight-players team. Let's get going. And, and, we, and we weren't. Yeah, and then we went, then we got going. Well, yeah, so then it ended up being we lost the league title, which is the regular season, by one game, which sucks. Um, it's crazy we even got that close because there were times I think we were out of it by a long ways. Yeah. And my goodness, did we climb that year. And when that team came together, like there was never a bigger group of dandies as that year, do you think? No, I, I think we're still trying to beat it. I, I don't know if they ever will. Well, you get like Deese as your equipment manager, which was your equipment manager in Gratz this year. Yeah. So can I ask a question? Because he's coming on in the next week or so. Um, and I want to know how he's behaving over there because um, I was his reference to get to Manchester. I had a call to give a reference for David Owen and I gave the reference and then he goes to Manchester for a year. Then I'm eating dinner with my kids one night and the phone rings again. It says Collingwood, Ontario or something. And um, I figure it's whatever. So I answer and it's like, hi, I'm the head coach of the Gratz 99ers. And I would like a reference on, and I'm like, what player is it going to be? Is it going to be the Marty? Is it going to be Hoth? Is it going to be Bouncy? And he says, David Owen. <laughs> and I thought, Dees, like um, that guy, I just helped him get a job in Manchester. What did he do? Uh, why is he not in Manchester? And why is there a Gratz coach calling me for Dees? So is he behaving himself? He actually is. He's a lot calmer than what he was when he was back in Cardiff. Let's put it that way. He's it's, a little uh, more of a pro. Mature, yeah. yeah, a little bit more of a pro. I'll give him that. But you know what? You know Dees, like... Sometimes he just he still crosses that line. You're like, Ooh, you probably shouldn't say that, Dees, or you probably shouldn't do that, Dees. But um, oh, maybe don't drink quite that much of that whiskey, Dees. Um, but no, you know what? He, what I love about Dees is just his cares. He's just genuine about everything. I mean, he were awesome for us out there, especially when I got injured. He, I think he felt it as much as me. So, yeah, it, it was nice being out with him this year. Yeah, I I, I love him to bits. I I do too, and. Uh... 
I'm glad that he's behaving himself. If yeah. I, if I'm putting my name behind him, because yeah, there were some times where he might say a few things that just <laughs> maybe crossed the line a little yeah. bit, but his heart was, his heart was always in the right place. And when that guy called me about these, I said, well, what type of room do you want? And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, if you get Deese, I hope you want your guys to enjoy coming to work. I hope you want them to have fun. And I hope you want them to enjoy being a hockey player. Because if you're wanting Deese to come in and then your room's going to be a bunch of robots like pro hockey tends to be these days. Uh, not that I'm in it or know what it's really like, but um, that's what I said to the guy. I was straight up honest. And I said, if you get Deese, it's going to be fun. He's going to be chirping everybody. They're going to be chirping him, but people are going to enjoy coming to the rink. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's what he does. I mean, I think if, it's a little bit harder when you're with some of the Europeans because they don't quite have that British sense of humor. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it takes him a little while to kind of warm to him. Some guys don't get it at all. So, but then he, he learns, but the, the guys that try to give it back, they end up losing pretty bad. Cause he, he just says like, no, he has no boundaries. If, if you kind of stitch him up, he's going to stitch you up a million times worse. And if you do it even worse than that, it's going to get you more and more. I think the, uh, I got, obviously this is just a mild one for these, but the, the first day we were in grass, we, we walk in, we got all like, uh, we got a, I hold all bags with the chat suits in and stuff. And I pick it up, Jesus, this is heavy. Get it home and it's taped like two big oranges and a cucumber together. So it's just it's like one big dick. And then I uh, pull it out of my bag. I'm like, what is this? And then the dog bites the end of it. I've got pictures stitched like chewing on the end of it. I'm like, Dish, you know that. Like, That's why we're so heavy. Who got some fruit and cucumber? <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, that's actually when I went to, like you said, sometimes when you're in Europe, people might not totally get them. Like he's not in the same way, but with myself, like when I first went to Beatingheim, like they liked Wally and they liked, I was a bit of a character or whatever. And then, you know, maybe, maybe I'm not for everyone, which is the song. I, <laughs> the song I listen to before every podcast, I listen to brothers Osborne. I'm not for everyone. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not. I, I, and like Dees isn't for everyone, but what a beauty. And he's for me. Yeah. And like I said, all, all that bothers me, all that matters to me is that he cares. That's it. It's genuine. And he cares. I, I sometimes you have to just, you just have to dig a little deeper. And oh you have man! To just look past it, and so and to be fair, like now, if you're telling me like Jesus, that's maybe a little too far. But yeah, you're probably right there. But you still want to apologize? You know, just he'll admit it. Yeah. Sometimes he wasn't quite sure what was coming out of his mouth, but uh, <laughs> he's an absolute beauty, and I uh, I couldn't be happier. Everything's working out for him since yeah. I I put my name behind him. Um, <laughs> they need to charge him a fee. <laughs> uh, well, that's two references in two years. So, Deese, I'm glad <laughs> you've uh, found some steady employment. <laughs> but you know what? Nothing makes my day more than when I've been in the real world for five years and you get a random call from like a coach or yeah, there's been a bunch of coaches, but like, I'll tell you what is funny actually. So the, the first year is Ingress. So last, so not this season with me, the season before they had a team photo up on the wall and obviously he, he never introduced himself as David Owen. And uh, there's a, there's a team photo and he goes like when he says from left to right or whatever, and it gets to where he is. 
and they hadn't they didn't know in the office that his name was David Owen. So they took his Facebook name. So it says Dees Bigelow on the team picture. And he was so pissed off me. I'm like, Dees, like you put it on your Facebook, like you don't like being called David Owen. It, the, that actual Gratz 99ers team so, photo says Dees yeah, Bigelow. So Dees Bigelow, yeah. <laughs> his Facebook name. Oh, Dees, buddy. Okay. That could get us caught in a, yeah. So we were talking about the first year at Cardiff and Dees can't wait to have you on in a week. Uh, so bouncy. So I can give the listeners the background here. This was goalie week. So I guess you're the best goalie I ever played with. And uh, so you're on. And then as well as Scott Foster, the accountant that played for the Blackhawks. Yeah. So I saw that you'd uh, done him, yeah. Right. So that's my goalie week. And then Jeff Van Nyanat from Junior is just going to have to wait like the rest of them. Um, but um, next week is randoms week. Um, that is not hockey players. That is uh, my grandma is coming on at 89 years old. <laughs> and uh, we have a great time talking about cutting chickens heads off and uh, all sorts of stuff. Um, and you'll really learn a lot about Wally if you listen to that one, Bouncy. But um, <laughs> after that is going to be Deese. So we're going to go with Grandma, which will be the most wholesome PG or G rated podcast to that Deese, um, which will, I guess, be the raunchiest, right? It'll be what? You broke up then. The raunchiest? The like, you know, Deese, like. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a little nervous. Yeah, I'm nervous. Yeah. yeah. Probably have to set some boundaries before you start. Do you think that will help? Just like, these, this is the rules. Do you think that will help? Probably not. Yeah. It's worth just saying. Well, I can least, record it at the same time so you can see how many times it breaks and we put it in the edit. At least I uh, did a podcast with my grandma before, though, so <laughs> everybody doesn't judge me too bad. Um, <laughs> innocent to these. Okay, <laughs> so we talked about um, our first year, and you won the Challenge Cup, but then uh, we haven't talked about the rest of your years in Cardiff where I'm not around, and you don't have that shot-blocking um, stay-at-home right winger like I was to uh, really keep the puck out of the net. Um, but you somehow... Um, it wasn't the year I was hurt because my pregame speeches weren't quite enough to get us over the line, but you do end up winning the league title, not once, but twice. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, that, that first year actually, again, in Sheffield. So every time I've won a, uh, a championship for the first time, it's always been against Sheffield, which is kind of funny. But that, that first one, we, um, we played in Sheffield the week before and I blew my ankle, tore a ligament in my ankle. But I got told it was a fat pad. So they aggravated fat pad. So I played in it for about seven weeks after. And we went back the week after, took an injection, just local anesthetic, not cortisone, uh, local anesthetic, played the game, and we managed to win. What is a fat pack? I have a fat pad. I have no idea. I presume it's like a bursa. Oh, um, and it was an actual yeah. ligament, and you played like that? Yeah, with I tore, a tor- tore, a, tore a ligament in my ankle. Yeah, goalies don't need ankles. All you guys do is catch it with your hands, right? You don't even have to move. Well, I couldn't skate anyway. So I've I've seen you try and stop Patrick Kane. Like, where's the positioning? You're supposed to be in the butterfly, and you're always, like, rolling around, catching it. Like, you know what I mean? You're going to make it look fun. 
Right. Yeah, that's that, Everyone's like robots these days. It's probably because of the ankle. <laughs> <laughs> Could go down in the, the butterfly. Ankle and now the knee. Oh, <laughs> uh, you'll be fine. Everybody's going to want to sign you, just not that orange team, because we're not taking <laughs> offers, Bouncy. <laughs> right? Huh? Yeah. yeah you're we'll gonna, see. So you're thinking, uh, I, I actually now that we're off topic here, cause I don't really know what else to talk about other than the rest of your time in Cardiff. And then I guess your decision to go abroad and why that year, but we didn't really talk about the league championships and like what it was like to finally get over that hump. And when you finally yeah. clinched it, I think it was Hoth and Belfast or something, wasn't it? Yeah. And I got the assist on that goal. Oh, good for you. Yeah. That's, that's my claim to fame. So everyone, uh, you, everyone, uh, everyone talked to half and they're like, yeah, but I got assists. We wouldn't have had that puck if I had passed it. That's true. But he did go end to end like Bob York, didn't he? Oh, it was ridiculous. Yeah, I can remember that. I can remember it. 2-2, I think it was. And we were on the PP. They were rattled because like Belfast always were. The, they never used to think that they should have got a penalty. Uh, you know how they used to kind of kick off all the time. And Yeah, I can remember they were rattled. Um, they iced it. I can remember coming out and Hoff coming back, shouting for us. So giving it him straight away, and he just turns and yeah, just he just just blew through guys, just like cut around him and then shelved it. So if he couldn't make it any better, he shelved it. Like I don't know if the coast dangling and then shelves it. Like I don't know if he was blowing past people. Oh, um, putting past people and shelves. Yeah, it. no, he was. Yeah, there we go. He was twisting them up, but yeah. I, I, when I saw you guys finally did it, man, I was so proud of you guys. Even though I was. Um, working in the real world and in an office and uh, but seeing you guys win was so much fun man it was I was so happy because I tried so hard even when I was hurt <laughs> to try and win you know what I mean that yeah. to see you guys finally do it wasn't it the next year after I was done yeah so that's the year we won it in Sheffield and then the year after is when Hoff scored the winner in Belfast so you won two years in a row two years in a row yeah and then it was the ridiculous one where you guys lost a game at the end of the season and the Belfast season, wasn't yeah, even cold. playing. They're not the yeah. Canadian fans to the podcast that don't understand this. It's the regular season. Whoever wins it has the most points at the end of the year wins. Cardiff has one game left against one of the worst teams in the league to go for the hat trick for three league titles in a row. They piss it down their leg. I'm not saying it was your fault, Ben. And, um, Belfast wins it while they're having their awards night. They're not even playing a game. And then all of a sudden they find out they're winning a championship. That's a whole different thing than uh, winning a best of seven series in Canada, eh, Ben? Yeah, it's going to be, I mean, it's still going to be nice for them winning it, but I'd, I'd hate to win it like that. Like you want to, you want to be on ice and celebrate. Oh so, yeah. We, we lost 2-1 as well. It would, it would be crazy. But I mean, we had a few problems that year and a few big injuries. So I thought we we probably shouldn't have been anywhere near that league title and somehow we were. But then to have it in our hands and throw it away, that would be pretty disappointing, just like to put it nicely. Yeah, I know. I know that sucks. And I don't want to bring that up. I don't want to get <laughs> upset about this. Um, so then after that year, though, I think is the, the year you're going to you're gonna win it. And then COVID happens or no? COVID, yeah. Yeah, we, we were blowing teams away. We, we, we lost the final. The last game we played that year, we lost to Sheffield in the Challenge Cup final. Um, but in the league, league wise, I mean, we blew them away on the Friday, like seven three or something like that. We were just destroying teams, and I think our win percentage were a good four or five percent more. So you think oh, the league's going to do it on winning percentage? Like we're, we're top anyway. 
we're, we're clear with about three games in hand. Uh, we'd have won it probably the week after. And the league decides to turn around and say, no, we're not awarding it this year. And you're like, how can you not award your main trophy? Like, you, you base the full, the full season on this league, on this league title, this championship, and you decide not to give it. Like, it just blew my mind. I was just as upset as you because I felt part of that team because I came from Wally night and um, I got the team back on track in November. I heard the goat hadn't scored a goal all year. Bouncy was, they said, I don't need, I don't even know what they said. They said Bouncy's being Bouncy and he plays every game. And then they told me the backup goalie was sharpening skates. And I was like, <laughs> this is bizarre. Like Bouncy <laughs> has played so many games the last five years. And now you're telling me that the backup is just sharp. Like he's the new D's. That was nuts to me. Yo, Merge was unbelievable though. No, he was a good Merge, dude. Like, Great no, I mean, guy. I mean, no, I mean, as a, as a kick guy, it's actually unbelievable. So, so he was a good equipment this, manager. Good equipment manager, yeah. It was an unbelievable goalie and then an unreal uh, equipment manager as well. And I think he'd actually, he'd retired after that year from playing. Well, when and you're sharpening the team skates, it was it's, just time, it's time to shut time, her down. Man. I think he, were, he was thinking about not playing that year when they said, do you want to do it full-time? Because when Dees left, we went through two equipment managers and then Major were like, well, I'll just do it. So he, he did like probably half a season playing and being in goal. And they said, like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not playing and being the kick guy as well. Uh, so he wanted to just move into being the kick guy full time. But they said, well, we really want you to stay and play and train because he's, he's obviously that good. Uh, so we'll give you a bit extra money. So he did it for a year and then he's like, yeah, never again. And so then he was your backup, but he was also sharpening your skates. Sharpening skates, yeah. <laughs> that is I so... Remember, uh, I think <laughs> we were in the Champions... It might be a Champions League game. And we're, like, we're on the blue line and Flunder across from us. And I look at Merz and his hand has just got like red all over his face. I'm like, what's that on your face, Merz? Like, we're supposed to have the national anthem because it's blood. I'm like, what are you doing? And he like showed me his hand and his hand was just like shaking. And he pulled a blade out and sliced his fingers like you know, his knuckles straight open. Turns out it's it sliced a link, it sliced a tendon. So he had to have like a, he had to have surgery and stick like pull it back together and everything. That was so he had six weeks out and came back to play. That was when. I came over, I think. That Wally night, he was still healing from that, I think. Yeah, he still had the thing in his weird, creepy hand on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I know, like, I knew you had a heavy workload in Cardiff, um, but I didn't realize that uh, you had that heavy of a workload that they uh, they were switching goalies to equipment managers. <laughs> um, but I guess maybe that's why your knee goes, hey, they, Todd, maybe give him a day off next year, right, big guy? Because we're not going abroad. We're going back to Cardiff, right? We're coming home, eh, big guy? Yeah, after we We'll get the rumors I'll give any secrets away, even though it's Yeah, a we'll get the guess. rumors going. I don't even care. <laughs> I've got um, yellow on my pants this year, so. Since uh, since uh, my podcast about me is the lowest listened to one, I'm starting to realize that I, I'm really not that popular. So can you try and help me out here and at least give me the story of when I came over for Wally night and you haven't seen me in five years. And then all of a sudden, like, so what goes through a goalie's head when Wally's doing pregame speeches? Well, first of all, I was dead excited for like, so like Wally's got to do a speech. Wally has to do a speech. So I were all pumped up. That was the first game I'd look forward to in a while. Cause we were on like a bit of a downer that year, like for a little while. Um, yeah. And then you turn up and you, you run through and you got that, that paint all over you and I was just like what the hell is going on and the funny thing was it was um 
Ah, uh, it was Shane Morrison's first game, uh, second game. First, first, first game. That was right out of the NHL. So, so, so he comes, comes out, comes over here, is in his stall on the Friday morning or whatever, and I go and shake his hand. I'm like, oh, Ben, how's it going? And then when he looks up on me, my speedos, with my travel stamp out and everything. So that's his first, that's his first impression of Carly for me and my speedos. And then two nights later, he plays his first game, and you come running through with nothing on it, just, just, just pain. And you just, can see just painted like, the Taz head. What have I come to? <laughs> yeah, I guess because he never asked to come back after that <laughs> season. Eh? I bet I bet I never saw Ovechkin doing that. <laughs> he had just played like 500 games for the Washington yeah. Capitals. His first game for the <laughs> first week on the Cardiff Devils, Ben Bounds comes up to him in a speedo and a tramp stamp. <laughs> and then Wally jumps out of the coach's room. Wearing a Taz head, spray painted like the goat. <laughs> I can just remember you doing it. And everyone's like, "Yeah, yeah." And then, like, as you left, you kind of died down, and a few of the guys were like, "Who's that guy?" <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't worry about it, dude. When I so as soon as it was over, Lord was like, "You know how pushy he is." My second, oh. He was like, "Wally, I'm not joking. You got two minutes to get around the rink, and you're dropping the puck." I'm like, I get it, Lordo. I take off the Taz head. I put on the jersey. I throw on the pants. And I jog around. And then all of you guys, you're in net doing what goalies do, whatever weird stuff you do. But then the rest of the guys are on the blue line. And I come out on the red carpet with a video tribute. And they got the kids up there. They got, I'm dressed business casual now. And all these guys on the blue line have just seen me running around naked, spray painted as Taz, right? Yeah. Oh, I imagine those guys who didn't know you. Like, That's what, man, I was. Guy. And then they see that and they're like, oh, how, how is that guy, that guy? <laughs> how is that guy, that guy? <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> but it's the same guy. Um, <laughs> I just I remember screaming in Rich's face. <laughs> well, that like, guy, I, cycle. I thought he had to get going that night. I thought he was a little <laughs> down too. I was just trying to let him know it was game time. <laughs> I think I ended up with a shutout, didn't I? What's that? You I'm had a shutout. Sure I ended up with a shutout, yeah. Yeah, but you didn't get man of the match because <laughs> the goat had to win it because he hadn't scored yet. And then we had to do our, uh, our hug on the ice with me spray painted. <laughs> Hey, so as a goalie, here's the last question about Wally Knight, because this is about you, is when you're the goalie and you're working on a shutout <laughs> and you see Wally waving a flag at the far end of the arena, or was I, was I behind you? You're at my you? end. You're in the standing block behind me to my right. Really? It was, yeah, you were in the stand, you were in block 13 with all the standing. So I was behind you. So you could see me. to my right. No, so what happened is like, I can remember we scored. And the place went nuts. And then it just went more nuts. And I'm like, what the hell is going off? And then I saw like the Ben is laughing and like points. And I looked to my right. And you were just there with a flag with your top off. I'm like, oh my God, that's what's up. So then I'm in my neck just watching you like this. I remember when Todd said on the speaker, yes, folks, that's former Cardiff <laughs> Devil, Bren Walton, topless in block 13. <laughs> hey, you only live once, right? Exactly. You might as well make it fun. Well, and like for them to do that for me, I've been in the real world for five years, been working away and everything's good. But then to just miss the game and miss the guys so much for them to do that for me, 
um, I was like, well, you can't just do all this for me. Like I'll get your standing section going. Like I'll, I'll, I'll help out. Don't worry about that. Like you can't do all this for me and I don't help. Right. You, you were just trying to get another free night. That's what it was. Well, you just want to have a free trip to Cardiff. <laughs> no, free but cruise. what's no, weird? I think that's what makes the club so special, though. I think it's like it's it's people that have been there in this new year, and like you said, like you were the first, like the first generation of this team and everything like that. And you think of the bond that we all had, and then the club also they they kind of they recognize that and they bring players back like yourselves. And that that was probably like my biggest regret about this COVID year because obviously I, I leave Graz, uh, leave to go to Graz. I had six years there, but didn't get a proper chance to say goodbye. You know, I mean, it wasn't a chance to say, like, thank you and goodbye. And uh, it was the same for guys like like Sean Bentivoli, who played for us as well. Like, he retired, so that's even worse than me. At least at some point, I'll probably get a chance. But I think that's uh, that's just say, what makes say, the Devils, like, so good. Oh, sorry, sorry. I thought you yeah, said, ah, uh, say goodbye. I, I actually thought you no, meant, that's what I mean, I yeah. thought you meant to say, say hello. <laughs> Or welcome back. Sorry, is that not what you meant to say? Uh, maybe in a couple of years. No, but realistically, I completely yeah. agree with you. I want you to be abroad. I want yeah. you to be um, the next Tim Thomas. Has there ever, I'm curious because I have that written down on my notes, is obviously you're not sure what's next. COVID has to do with a lot of that. But, um, how, like, because I've seen you play, I've seen how big your ass used to be. I don't know how small it is now. And if you can cover the net as much, maybe you're quicker. I don't know what's better, but you keep winning and winning gets contracts. Winning gets noticed. And then you're on TSN. You might not look like positionally sound when Patrick Kane's shooting on you, but you do save it. So have you ever thought about trying an NHL, like an AHL? Have you ever got offered or talked about an AHL? NHL type thing? No, not really. I think the biggest thing going that goes against me is my passport. Uh, I think like people just kind of think, all right, British. Blah, blah, blah. But I think after the World Championships and the couple of years in the CHL, people start start noticing. Um, I think the way that I'd have to go into it is going to the ECHL first if I did want to try that route or really try for that. And I'm not sure I really want to go no, to the ECHL if I'm, if I'm totally honest. So uh, no, I think the end is going to be like just to stay in Europe. Uh, for another year if we can again like with covid you don't know what's going to happen i mean if if i don't get to stay in europe then it's it's back to the uk which i'll still be proud of a career in the uk and i'd be happy to to come back and play in cardiff for another 10 years if they really want me so um yeah that, that's one of those things right now it's kind of it's in a situation where you want it to be done you want to know what's happening but also there's so much uncertainty there's budgets are they going to be slashed uh, are they going to be back to normal? Like a fan's going to be allowed, a fan's not going to be allowed. Um, so it's kind of, it's, it's hard. Like you, you try and you want things done, but you also try and stay patient, you know, give it a month or so and things will start becoming clearer. I've also got the world championships. I could maybe jump at a, at a lower deal now, but then play a real in the world championships and miss out a bigger deal. So it's, uh, it's, it's like hit and miss. It's, it's kind of, it's a weird situation. I mean, I, yeah, I can't imagine being an active hockey player, which I think you're the, you're either the second or third. I don't know if Deeds decided if he's retiring or not, but um, I think you're one of the first active players. And I can't imagine, I personally thought it was awesome. You got that contract and grats because those jobs that are 
Austrian league, which I tried to get to a few times and I got close and um, the Swiss B league, but like all these import jobs in the world, like you're competing for those. Now you are not just a British goalie. You're competing for like the top jobs in the world and being a starter for Graz 99ers is way better than being a starter in the East coast. Yeah. hundred percent. That's, that's what people, I think sometimes people don't understand the, the CECHL and they think, right, that's, that's next. It's like AHL, NHL or whatever, but the, the leagues that we're in are, are better already. So why would you drop down? And I'd, I'd rather just play the highest level account for as long. I, uh, I think you should uh, continue to spread your wings. I was happy to see it. Um, I think it's been awesome to watch your career from afar, uh, from Canada, from like the real world. And from where I saw you the start of that first year in Cardiff, when like you first shoot on your goalie for the first time and practice, like, for me as a scorer, I would have a pretty good feeling of whether or not we had a good goalie or not. And I remember at the start of that season thinking, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't think he is ready. I don't know if he's good enough. And then by the end of the year and that challenge cup final and the way we were rolling, every time I'd shoot on you in practice, you're kind of like my uh, phase three team two U nine or no, sorry, Briley Frazier of my age group in Concordia. And like, every time I see this kid play, he's better at being a goalie. He moves better. He's better positionally. And you were like that, that first year in Cardiff, you were better every week. And it was weird because I had never seen a goalie improve so quickly. I think it was, it was probably because I had to get my head around it all. Like you come to like, the Devils are a storage franchise, even though they've had a few, bad few years. Like, my first ever game I went to watch was a Devils game. Steelers against Devils in Sheffield. And it's like, you come to this team, all of a sudden the pressure's on. There's more social media presence. And everyone's looking at you like, is he good enough? Is he, is he going to be terrible? Is he going to be good? Whatever. I think it took me a little while just to get my head around it because you're like, I don't want to blow this chance. Like, I don't want to fail. I don't want to be crap. Um, so once I got my head around that and settled down, it was just kind of no looking back. I, I, it was, it I was when you have a team like that as well. Well, right, man, you, but you did get better. Like every month you were better than the month before. And then you've continued to do that. And for me to get to watch it from here has been really fun. Um, it, it like, it really has. And I, I can't wait to see where you sign. And I, I very thankful you came on the podcast today because, um, no yeah, man, to it. we've been talking about it for ages. No kidding, man. You're a hard guy to lock down though. But I guess, <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, when you're the big, the big time and the Nottingham Panthers and deuce, I'm calling you out right now. Way too much hockey, way too much working out. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I saw the schedule. That's joke. Um, there's going to be guys injured. There's going to be guys, um, very upset with you deuce. I, I don't care how many goals you scored in the league. That's too much. And sorry, Bouncy, I got off topic there, but that schedule looked tiring just looking at it. What, what would you do if you ended up taking us around the stairs like Lord to the BBT? Um, well, I I I'm well, huge good at it this time. I retired a long time ago, sir. That's why <laughs> I just come out to my pod 
podcast in my shed and drink beers with my friends. That's all I got to do. And you know what? We got our first hot one out on a uh, beer sponsor. So there, there could be a chance that I could uh, make money drinking beers with my friends. So there's that. I'm going to push for it. Well, you got to try, right? Um, so I don't understand why you'd start in the East Coast, but if there's any NHL scouts out there that are still my buddies that are listening, which I know there are a handful of them, uh, wake the F up. And uh, you got Tim Thomas on the podcast right now. And I'm pretty sure he won a Stanley Cup. So uh, if you like winners and you like tramp stamps, um, then we got your guy right here, eh, Bouncy? Yeah, probably saving a bit of budget for the first year as well. <laughs> yeah, you take it. They'll be able to afford Austin Matthews then. <laughs> yeah, hey, don't, hey, PJ, uh, Bomber, and uh, I think that Russell guy that played with us, Carter, they're all scouts now. And hey, guys, just so you know, as his new agent, I will <laughs> we'll take league minimum just to get, get him in the door, okay? We'll take league minimum as a backup, but that's only for one year until he gets his chance, right? <laughs> as long as he gets some sick pads, that's all I'm bothered about. Well, actually, that's a fun fact is uh, Dave at work here um, in Concordon. Um, he's a goalie for the uh, Walkerton Chiefs um, in the old timers league in the loop around here. And uh, he has told me that he knew who you were before we ever talked about you. <laughs> and um, it's all based on your fashion. And they say that if you look good, you will in fact play good. So I guess that's true. eh? Yeah. Well, you gotta at least feel good. Look good, feel good, play good. Well, Dave that's Murray, Dave, here's your uh, favorite player right here. Ben bounds. He's on the <laughs> podcast today. So I took a half day. I went since he's my next ones. I got some lined up for GB. They better not be orange. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to check. I'll have to check. Oh dear. Well, I'll be very interested that day where it says uh, where you're going for the next season, but I yeah. wish you luck with the Nottingham Panthers. Um, I hope that it all goes good and everybody makes money. I do have a random question just because I'm wondering. So you get drafted first overall. And I heard in the Zach Sullivan episode that it was all based on like grants from the government for money wise. Do you still negotiate your contracts for the five weeks or does everybody make the same amount? No, we, we get told how much we're making. I don't know if there's a tiered system within the Brits, but I know that the imports get uh, a little bit more than the Brits. Okay. So I think yeah, the imports get the, the highest and then the Brits are underneath, but I don't know if it's tiered on British age as well. So like the young kids might not make as much as me or like a Jonathan Phillips in Sheffield or, or something like that. I didn't realize that you guys were even having imports. I thought once the draft happened, it was game on. And then all of a sudden I see that like, well, I see the goalies like signing. I'm like, well, now there's import goalies. Like I thought this was your, finally your time to shine with letting a GB goalie actually play for once. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Well, we've got, we've got me and Jackson whistle. So we got the two GB goalies, like the, the one and two for the last few years. And then the others have got some good GB prospects as well. Like Coventry, you've got Jordan Headley. But um, yeah, so why would you both be on that team? And why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't one of you be on a different team? And do we just have a bunch of GB goalies actually you know, getting some shots, right? Yeah, that would have been ideal. It would have been, in my opinion, if I'd have done it, I would have said, 
each team has to have a, a British star. Like just just give just give the guys a chance. Yeah, I mean the, the, there's nothing nothing against him, Pogba. I mean I went in Port goalie for the last year. So but it's just I think it would have been a perfect time to to really give people a chance to run and see what you you, you might just like uh, might unearth a bit of a diamond. Well, that's the thing. Until goalies get chances, practices are so different than games that like yeah. I shoot on goalies all the time in practice. That doesn't mean anything. I have a general idea. But until the competitiveness as a game comes out and it's all about winning or losing that game, you realize a lot about a goalie. And I think that's why you've won so much. Like it's not about um, your, your tattoo, your body type. Like you stop the puck when the game's on the line and these GB goalies, if they don't get that chance, how can they prove that? Cause you can only practice so much. Yeah, and then there's all the other factors that go into like the crowd, the pressures, like your your team might not be performing, or there's there's penalties. You, you know, it all rolls into one, and you don't get any of that in a in a practice. You get none of those external factors, none of those external pressures. So I think that's that's the big hurdle for goalies to get over when they don't play, and all of a sudden you, they get chipped in, and then they're expected to be perfect. You're like, well. What, why would they be perfect? They're going to struggle for a game or two, or they'll, they'll play really well to start with because they're on adrenaline. And then as soon as that runs out, boom, you hit, you hit your first you hit your first wall. Oh, you got to get used to all that stuff. The crowd. Yeah. The that's football. what makes it fun. I love the crowd. I know this goal is this, like the uh, partner in Graz, he, he said he actually preferred it with, without the fans because it wasn't the external pressure. And I'm like, well, that's that's what makes hockey fun. That's like, what hockey is. Than Nothing better than like than the away fans giving it to you. I absolutely love that. And then when your home crowd gets behind you for it, like for me a save or for you a goal or some some big hit or whatever, it's it's, it's awesome. Oh man, I yeah. Without fans, without fans and hockey, been terrible. It's, oh. it's horrible playing without fans. I can't imagine. It feels just like a practice. Um, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah, and that's not the same. No. It's not the same. Like the, the fans at the big blue tent, they were just as important to that team as the players. The the fans of the big blue tent, the year we turned the Cardiff Devils around, like the whole team did, like the fans had as much to do with that as we did because they yeah. did spur us on. It was insane in that arena when we would get going, wasn't it? Well, you think like just coming out onto the ice, you'd hear, uh, you'd hear the, the music change. And like the lights obviously go out and they just hear them banging. I mean, you can you can remember what that noise used to be like. There used to be wooden stands right above the dressing room, like maybe a bit of beer had spilled through that someone's dropped. But like it'd just be banging. And I can remember guys just shouting, like, here we go, here we go, like they want it, they want it. And then you come out and the noise was just I've never played in a in a place that's had a an, an atmosphere as intense as that, I don't think. It's just because they were on top of you. And then there were like three or four rows deep at the plexiglass by the time that we finished those seasons. And yeah, it's like you say, as soon as something happened, like teams would be with us, we'd be battling, and then it'd be like a, a goal or a hit or a fight or a block shot or something, and the crowd would just get going, and then that's it. Like two or three minutes later, we've, we've scored three or four goals, and you're like, what just happened? Right, and the, the team's just out, the team's out of it. You're just like, you can't do it. Yeah, you couldn't stop us when that, when that train got rolling that year, and uh. That arena and the fans, it was mainly the fans. Like I couldn't imagine COVID with the big blue tent because 
there is way worse viruses in that arena than COVID, right? Like there had to have been some shit crawling on the walls of that place. <laughs> well, I can remember the, the floor collapsing in the away dressing room at one point. Oh we yeah, the sinkhole. Through, like, we had to we had to shower in the away room, wait for them to, to get out of there because we had no water. And I can remember one year we, we turned up with Hull and there was a big black rat dead in the toilet. I don't know where the hell it came from. It was huge. So the kid guy at the time wants to come through from Cardiff and pick it out by its tail and go and chuck it in the bin. It's probably come through. It probably came from Deese's ass. <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably shot out that dead rat. <laughs> uh, um, you know what I just realized we never talked about that we're and we're almost to the end is that uh that beautiful hat you're wearing and you started uh no like for real that's a that's a dandy hat and i would like yeah. one um you've started that's a clothing line. Have you you've had yeah, we did go on i'll let you finish no i'm just saying so what it's called is it cross check no 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 that's the one in sheffield don't don't be giving no no sorry no names. so what's happened <laughs> what's happened since i started this podcast is all these clothing lines of hockey stuff started yeah. following me but i only want yours what is it called no so cross check have been going for a while but no we're called coast to coast because we we wanted to keep it hockey related but i don't want to be fully like just hop, like big hockey designs on the chest and like like a lot of the hockey fashion is so we thought if we do coast to coast, when it relates to hockey, like you, you had Fonz going coast to coast pretty much every game, or or Richie doing it every so often, and so you, you've got that kind of uh, that kind of tie-in with hockey. But then at the same time, if we do any surf where we can, it, it ties in with surf, and then we're also based in Barry, so at Barry Island, right on the beachfront. So we're we're actually from the coast, so it ties into everything. So that's where the name comes from, and we've been going. We actually we're a year old on the Saturday that's just gone. So we've been going for a year. And I can remember we we got all the designs in, we got all the t-shirts ordered, we waited for them, we took delivery. I had all the models lined up like Marty, we're gonna be in a t-shirt. Like, yes, like let's get them going. And then COVID hit. So it, me and Jade ended up having to model the first range. And you had the goat ready to wear your stuff? We had the goat all lined up and ready to go, and then COVID I, hit. That's gonna and sell some, that's gonna sell some stuff, I tell yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, no, I, I really like it. I've been seeing it and I, I didn't really know the whole story, but it makes sense. So what you're saying is Barry Island's home and uh, we'll see you for the Cardiff Devils soon. <laughs> um, and uh, that orange team can take their money and go fire some imports instead of uh, Ben. You're about as Steve King. Am I? Yeah, you sound like Steve. Well, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm part of the team. They just don't pay me. You should, you should get into his, uh, yeah, employer is a, or to be a player liaison or signing liaison or something like that. Yeah, you can I think talk all these guys into signing. I think I th- Steve should do that. And Todd. Get well, Todd you on. would think they'd throw me a bone at some point here. Like You'd think Todd, so, yeah. Todd finally told me he would come on the podcast in like a week <laughs> or two. And I was like, okay, well, now you're ready. Sure. I saw him um, today for the first time in a while, actually. Um, but no, he's, I he's in Nottingham. <laughs> I am a Cardiff Devils ambassador, even though I don't get paid for it. So, uh, but I did get a Wally night, and that's enough payment for me. So, whatever. <laughs> it's right? better than nothing. Exactly. Like that's the most ridiculous thing that's ever happened in my life. And five years later, you appreciate that, right? When you're done hockey, and just wait uh, until it's Wally night too. I can't wait till um, we're retiring, uh, not 21, but 33 in the crowd. <laughs> and uh, 
like realistically the success you guys had there ain't going to be many numbers left in cardiff soon <laughs> because you got 33 you got 88 you got 17 yeah. um 27s iffy we'll see how he does here with those swamp rabbits um but like there's some guys there that are the core of at batchy of yeah. and matthew myers of like what you guys have done and uh, i could be prouder you guys yeah it would be interesting to see what they do because that's that's the thing if they retire all those guys they're only going to have about 10 jerseys available there's already a ton retired so well, i tried to have really number 10 i tried to have number 19 and then i had to settle for 18 because those two were gone and then yeah <laughs> um but uh man thank you so much for coming on i always be fun do you got anything else before I shut down the recording? No, I think we've covered everything that we, we need to, apart from your, your little... Uh, I'm pretty sure you've already told that story in Pigs' episode anyway, because I'm going to talk about your appearance in Sheffield. The what? With Thor's Hammer. Your appearance in Sheffield with Thor's Hammer. I think you've already covered that one. But actually, um, no, save, if you haven't, save that for Dee's episode. Um, well, Dee's has so many stories with me that it actually doesn't matter. Um, Dees has so many stories because he was the one helping me that season when I was injured and I couldn't help any longer. So, you know what? I was trying to shut it down just because I had to pee. Why don't you tell the Sheffield story while I go pee? You can do if you want. I'll try. You can tell the story, but just remember that they were sensor showers and I had to be like Spider-Man going through the shower so that they wouldn't turn on because if the showers turned on, people are going to know Wally's there. I'm going pee. So anyway, we, um, we turned up in Sheffield. We had a big game that time. I think the guys, I don't know if the guys have been to Brest actually. It's our first game back and yeah, we, we had a feeling someone was up. Wally had been left in Cardiff, and without us knowing it, it made a trip to Sheffield with, with all the fans on the bus. Obviously, had a few too many beers. Um, and all of a sudden, we, we come in after the warm-up, and one of the toilet doors is locked. And we're like, Who, who's in there? And then Marty just shouted, like, Wally, you best not be in there. Just just joking around. And lo and behold, Lorda does his, uh, his little team talk, and the next minute, Thor comes out with a hammer. Dees comes out dressed as Steeler Dan. And uh, Thor lays the old uh, Thor lays the old smackdown with his hammer to steal a dam, and then we go out there, and we end up winning it. So it's all to do with Wally's Wally's team talks. Wally's getting his fired up, and Thor's hammer's doing his work. <laughs> I had to did drag you, it out a little bit at the end. I could hear you come back in. Did you? Uh, yeah, did I got you, the story down for you. Did you? Did you tell the story? Yeah, I told the story for you. Was it? Was it tr the true story? It was, it was it was a true story with a uh, bus journey and everything and yeah then when Marty shouted Wally is that you in the toilet was that at Sheffield when he that's in Sheffield yeah and then you come out as Steeler Dan Deese comes in dressed as Steeler Dan and then Thor comes out and lays a hammer yeah I have that video on I my phone I didn't give too many details yeah I think I do somewhat yeah I think there's uh there's some when videos I feel it down I usually look at it and play it, it well if you if if you ever have a bad game. And you just need to have a smile. Just play that video and remember how pumped up you used to get for hockey <laughs> games. <laughs> uh, because I honestly, I, I don't know. I thought if I went so crazy with the pregame speeches 
that I actually thought it mattered, which when you're actually a player, I don't know, but those things I used to do, like, I know there's a Steeler Dan one, which is your hometown, but there were some really wild ones that yeah. we did. The one we've called you were probably my favorite with the Hulk. Yeah, that's on my phone yeah, too. That's my favorite, yeah. Uh, the only thing, the only reason why, and it's because I'm so competitive. The only reason why that's not my favorite is because we didn't win that game. I was nine and oh, as a pregame speaker. And Lordo (laughs) said to me, do you realize what you're doing? Like, if you bring your son into this, like that means he's getting the, the, the flights to Belfast. Like he's coming to Manchester. Like if he wins this game, He's in like he, and then thank goodness we did lose that game because Colby would have had to go <laughs> everywhere. And then we would have had to get tickets. Imagine that. Do you imagine? <laughs> and, you don't have uh, to have a babysitter for nice Belfast. Yeah. There's, there's not many times that people in the real world or in the world in general get to do a pregame speech professional hockey team with their three-year-old son. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we no, had Hulk, Hulk cool. and I, I did like that one. Yeah, I did. I did enjoy that one. Well, Just enjoyed he, anything Colby, really. Pretty much a legend, Devils legend. Well, and He'll you have know, a Colby night, even though he's never played for him. That's very true. He probably could have a, a Colby night, and like you imagine if they didn't even invite me, <laughs> they brought him <laughs> back. Uh, Just flew him on his own first class. <laughs> um, no, but like, and it was it was people like you and people like Pigs and people like Carl Hendo. Like Lordo, everybody on that team made that season what it was. Todd in the front office changed everything. Um, and we had so much fun that like hockey wouldn't let go. Like I was gone for five years and I'm like, well, I, like I keep getting pulled back towards it. And I'm not, I don't know how to deal with that. I don't know what to do because I don't fit it anymore. And then now that I've found this, I'm like, I have a way to stay in the game. I have a way to talk to you. I have a way to talk to the goat. I have a way to talk to everybody now. And it took me five years to figure this out, but I figured it out. And you're back in a changing room with your background. No kidding. Like, and (laughs) yeah. And it's like we're in the UK, not the NHL, where you actually get beers after the game. (laughs) Oh, they stopped that towards the end. Really? Yeah. What a Only on Sunday if we got four points. So you had to win both games on the weekend. We only had to win yeah, on Saturdays. That's yeah, unless unless we managed to sneak them in. And then you probably were only allowed like one or two. The game changes yeah. everywhere, eh? Yeah, I recovery re- menu. Alcohol were minus twenty five points. I remember when we started at Cardiff, they'd bring in the trays of beer, and we'd sit <laughs> in there for hours. We'd be in there, the the wives would be ready to go home, and we would <laughs> just not come out. <laughs> we just wouldn't leave the room. Well, I never used to drink, but I just stay there and watch watch what were happening in front of me. These guys just get looser. Yeah, watch it. It was just as fun for me not drinking. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have to drink to have a laugh in that room. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> well, buddy, I'm gonna hit rec- uh, stop because I think we've been going forever. Even yeah. though I took a half day, we could probably go for five hours. <laughs> but what I did want to say before we end end this is that. I am very proud of you. I told you that when I came from Wally night, that it's been really fun to watch your career. It's been really fun to watch the GB team. It's been really fun to watch the Cardiff devils. And it's because you're a winner. It's because you're a good dude. And every guy on that team 
wants to block the shot for you. They want to get in front of the puck for you. They, they want to help you as much as you want to help them. And it's because you're a good dude. And that's part of being a goalie. When your team doesn't love the goalie, you just might not eat that one in the face like Richie does, right? Yeah. You've transmitted me emotional there when you go into all that. Well, but yeah, I, that, that, that's my that's my big belief on it. That's that's one of the things I said to Doug in in graduate first called me and said, "I'm not a goalie who's going to scream and be negative." You know, what I mean, I, I I need my guys as much as you guys need me. So it's it's all positive. It's all communications. I need you to like me so that when I need you to bail me out, I'll block a shot on the line or I'll just just do something for me. They're going to do it. Well, and that's that's winning is uh, knowing each other has each other's backs yeah. and you're you're all in it together instead of uh other teams cannot be like that we were like that you're like that that's why you win and uh for some reason this podcast just seems to have a lot of guys that have won stuff that come on and i don't really i don't really i guess that's how you keep progressing in hockey and how you keep going to different things is is by winning and that is how you advance right yeah yeah exactly and that that's the key to it all the 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 good guys and the the ones that are tight the the tight teams or whatever you want to call it just a tight unit that that's that's key to it. it's cliche but that's it's the truth well and it's the same in the real world like in the real world the if i yeah i'll just say that there's less people that know how a real team works and um, yeah. you need everybody in, in it together instead of this or that. And, um, what hockey players learn over their years is invaluable in the real world. And, but I can't wait till the GB miracle on ice comes out in, uh, whatever year that'll be. I'll be interested <laughs> to see which character, plays Ben Bounds <laughs> with the tramp stamp, but I can't wait to watch the movie and uh, them to explain why the goalie has a tramp stamp. <laughs> that should be pretty old. You should, you should put that idea forward. Put it, idea, put it forward. Should I send that out to yeah. Uh, yeah. Disney studios that maybe Something we should like start that. a G the GB um, 2017, 18, 19, 20, and we got Richie eating pucks. We got Bouncy with the 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 tramp stamp. We got Robert Farber scored goals. We got Ben Davies scored goals. I think it could could be a movie. I'll be the director. Start with Disney and then work your way down after that. You might as well start big. Okay. Get more well, budget. Yeah. Well, well, we'll figure out what station <laughs> wants us. <laughs> Maybe it'll be the same people that pay me to do this. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks so much right. for coming on. That was awesome. No worries. Thanks for having me. Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm. And that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive me. I'm like Scott, I'm a gold band. I'm like Pete, I'm a I'm always sticking.
Santana. 